um, we, we shall keep praying for people who are not here today. Uh, uh, so Teresa is not here, she's been um, uh, not uh, very well as today. I mean, not, she's been to this hospital uh, for a little checkups, but we shall keep praying for her. And uh, um, the different people who are absent, uh, we pray that the Lord will bless them, Lord will give them whatever uh, the need they are in. Amen. Right, let's get to the book of Noah. I'm getting old. <laughs> there is no book of Noah, by the way. <laughs> book of Jonah. <laughs> All right. So now, now we recognize the slides. We will just go through uh, the, some of the uh, PowerPoints that we've been through. We've seen this one. If you go to the next one, please. So we saw the history of uh, uh, the book of Jonah. Uh, we know the, the time when it was written. Uh, we have uh, other references in Second Kings. Uh, is it telling me? Unfortunately, all right. Okay, next one. Second uh, Kings 14, 23, that one. So next slide. Uh, we also have. Uh, how how one have this one is displayed? Um, oh, so this there, there should be another uh, PowerPoint because this is made for Telugu people. <laughs> all right, sorry about that. Um, because last time I was also sharing the same thing in, uh, in Telugu in the afternoon, so I made two PowerPoints, so uh, it has the same name, so I don't blame Moses. Uh, anyway, so we talked about, uh, we talked about uh, 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 the authenticity, whether this is uh, uh, real or not real. Whether it is a fiction or a non-fiction, we did say it's not fiction at all. It was the historical books. Uh, that's the thing we've um, we come up with. We talked about the book of Nahum, where uh, Nahum three chapters, whole book was talking about Nineveh and, uh, and the, the thing that they're doing against God. So we knew, you know, if there was nothing uh, there, God, uh, you know, prophets prof prof would not speak. That's why we say the book is authentic and real. Uh, and the, the next, next slide we go to Jesus. Uh, in Matthew 12:38, we see you know Jesus talking about uh, uh, Jonah, which which we would say Jonah is um, really historical. Next one, please. We just skip through. And then we also have this uh, Judaism. Um, uh, they, they still read uh, their book on this uh, festival of Yom Kippur, uh, even today, which means the book of Jonah is uh, reliable uh, and uh, um, we, have to, we have to accept it. Next one, uh, we have, uh, you know, we have uh, Islam. Um, they also talk about Jonah. They have a book for Jonah in their, their, their book, Quran itself. And the next one, and Jonah called by God, and we talked about the calling of the Lord and the son of a mentite. And he, he, he was called to yeah. preach against this uh, city called Nineveh. And um, Nineveh is the oldest city, and um, Tarshish, yes, let's go to Tarshish, is, uh, is mentioned in the Bible. 
uh, many places and then uh, Tars is, is a place that existed. So just a little information about uh, Tarshish. Tarshish does mean delightness, you know, delightsomeness. Uh, I'm, going, I'm not going to sad place, and I'm going to delight myself, have a champagne. <laughs> so uh, that's the idea of this guy, you know. Uh, next one, uh, if we say Geneva is the oldest and the most uh, uh, popular city of the ancient Assyrian Empire, situated on the east bank of the Tigris River, and enriched by the modern city of Mosul, Iraq. Now, this is not my wording, it's the dictionary, it's the Google, you know, lots of information. So, Nineveh still exists, but exists with a different name called uh, Mosul. Uh, that's what we talked about. Next one, we talked about um, Joppa, where, where Jonah went to down to Joppa, we said, and then he uh, uh, we know the famous uh, uh, city, Job, the place Joppa, where King Solomon used to, to bring the, the, the stuff for the kingdom uh, to build the temple. And next slide, uh, we, we've talked about uh, uh, from Joppa to Tarshish, uh, nearly uh, more than 2,000 miles. Uh, and Nineveh is down, down the road, you know, behind the house, but he, we wouldn't go there because he's, he's, uh, he decided not to go to. Uh, so next slide, he's running away, uh, he's going to the opposite direction, he, he don't want to go uh, and preach the gospel to Nineveh because he wanted them to, you know, experience the wrath of God. Uh, he's a genuine guy, Jonah is a genuine prophet, who, who, a very uh, Hebrew and Israelite um, prophet. Uh, we don't blame him for whatever he is doing. So Jonah's direction, we talked about Jonah's direction. And um, he went, uh, next one please, uh, he was, um, he went away from the Lord, uh, uh, Lord's presence, uh, um, we, 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 we've seen that one. And the next slide, Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish, uh, that's what we talked. And the second point, next slide, you would see his destination, uh, um, uh, if you go to the next slide. Um, his, uh, his destination was uh, going down, going down, running down to Joppa, going down to uh, the sea. Uh, yeah, and even in the ship, he went, um, he went down and uh, slept uh, in the ship. And next one, now simple thing is that Jonah's ship, you know, when you run away from God, the devil will make sure you have a ship ready for you to take to places you should not be going. <laughs> Alright, uh, then the next one is our dis is desperation. He was desperate to run away from God. You know, the world, even today, is desperate uh, to run away from God. If you ask some people, do you want to come to church? They would say, mm -hmm. well, well, that's the desperation. Now, how can I get out of this place? How can I be very uh, polite and say no? <laughs> you know, you are you're desperate not to go. If you say, you know, there's a birthday party, midnight, now, <laughs> go, go and have fun, and now they will say, oh yeah, of course, there's food, yes, of course. Now, we, we're desperate to run away from God, uh, that's the thing. Now, now uh, I don't blame them too, because the churches today are, are seen um, not, not connecting to the present generation sometimes. No, all, all the time people say, it's boring, it's boring, it's boring. You know, when I was growing up, it was not boring at all. For some reason, I don't know why, 
people say it's boring. Well, we got to think. So people started to think, the church leaders started to think, now shall we make not boring the church? What they have done, so many modern churches, they will they make the whole thing, the, church, the podium, look like black curtains and the little, little lights, the modern styles. And so people come and, uh, and the music, uh, very modern music, the songs you never heard about and then you probably try to sing, you can't, you can't relate with them. So, uh, even the young generation thinks, that, well, we thought it's, it's very nice, but um, again it's boring, again it's boring. You know, people try to run away. The problem today is, um, if they are running away from the church, that, that doesn't make any problem. The problem is running away from God. Running away from God is the worst thing that we can ever do. We talked about running away from God is the, is the expensive thing that you can ever do. Because Jonah had to pay price for his ship. For his ship. You know, remember a prophet who would travel around. Prophets are supported by the people around him. You know, they don't have to spend any money at all. They would, they would, they would go, and the local people would, would do anything for them because it's a prophet, and they are scared of prophets. You know, a prophet says, "I want this food." That's it. You know, they they get it. But this man is not asking anybody. But he was actually, if you put next to the slide, brother, um, he was, yeah, that's where I am. So he was actually uh, paying his own pocket money to go to uh, some place on a mission where if, if you obey God, you wouldn't have to pay anything. God will make sure that you have everything ready for you to move on your mission trip, my friends. You know, you know running away uh, is that we always keep paying, keep paying, keep paying, paying our time, paying our money, paying our energy, everything. You know, Jesus said, I paid for you, I paid the price for you. Why do you pay all the time? You know, you are on the track, I will lead you, I will guide you. That, that's the uh, thing that we need to understand. Uh, we talked about uh, Galatians, next slide, uh, 6, 7. Do not be deceived, God is not mocked. Um, for whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. That's the thing. Uh, uh, then... Uh, uh, then that's where we actually stopped. Now, we're coming to the point from next slide. We're coming back to the book again. Uh, the book of Jonah. We'll start again. I thought you have been halfway through. <laughs> Alright. Now let's get excited. And let's go to the next slide. The question today. Let's get back to this question. Is Nineveh a real city or not? We just touched one slide, but again we will, we will think about uh, the historical uh, evidences now a few minutes. Nineveh, uh, this, is, uh, this is taken from uh, one of the dictionaries. Nineveh, uh, Akkadian, you know, all these languages, you know, Syriac language, also known in early modern times as Kyunjik. That was the name. Was an ancient Assyrian city of Upper Mesopotamia, located in the modern-day city of Mosul in northern Iraq. Why do I say all these things? 
When you read the book, when you read Bible, we want to make sure that it is not the book somebody decided, hey, let me have a cup of coffee. I want to have a religious book. Let me write down a book. Come on, blah, 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 blah. You know, writing down the, a religious book and leaving it for us to read. Now we are, we are breaking our heads to find what is or what not is happening. No, Bible is not that way. Some of the people think, somebody, you, you people wrote the Bible and you, you're reading, you're just following. No, no, none of my relatives wrote Bible. <laughs> none of my friends and brothers and sisters wrote Bible. You know, it was actually a historical book. That's why we have a very strong basis to believe. That's why we know Jesus has come down. We didn't see Jesus in person, but we're reading the book and the history says that Jesus was a real person, real man, who was born on the earth. I'm talking these ones because, you know, when you encounter with people, different uh, faith, different belief system, you know, what is this? You've got to be able to share what you believe is really true and strong evidence that we have. So the Bible is the only book that is translated in hundreds and hundreds of languages in the whole world. There is no other book translated like Bible so far. Bible is the only book printed uh, more copies. There is no other books printed more than the Bible is printed. Are we proud of it? Amen. What a joy it is. And even now, we believe Bible printing is not enough because hundreds and thousands of people are still don't living without the, the Bible in their own language. So people started to find ways to translate and print books of the Bible in, the, in different languages. We work with a, a, a Christian mission organization called Youth with the Mission. Some people call YOM. Youth with the Mission. Uh, uh, the, the head of the Youth with the Mission, that guy, uh, um, Lauren Cunningham. His vision is, uh, 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 has been for the last uh, uh, 20, 30 years. His, his vision is to reach out with uh, the people with the Bible of their own language. So what they're trying to do, they're trying to invite all kinds of people, missionaries, come down, you know, sit here and translate the Bible, whatever the language if you know. So you know, different, different organizations now started to do this one so that people will bring this good news, gospel of Jesus Christ in their own language. If you ever have Bible in your language, you're really lucky, <coughs> my friends. You're going to be thankful to the Lord. Now, next slide, we see the picture of Nineveh, you know, paint, uh, painted in 1778. So it's a view of the village in those days called Nunia or Nineveh. Uh, so it used to be uh, that way. Then next one. We, we have been mentioning again and again where is Nineveh today. Uh, so we, we've read that one more so if you go to the next one. Uh, some more uh, uh, evidences if you go to Wikipedia. This is what you will find. Mosul. Mosul is, uh, um, is, is a major city in northern Iraq. 
serving as the capital of Nineveh government. Even today, their government is called Nineveh. Just interesting. The city is considered the second largest city in Iraq in terms of population and area after the capital Baghdad. Mosul is approximately 400 kilometers uh, uh, north of Baghdad on the Tigris River. The Mosul met metropolitan area has grown from the old city on the western side and encompasses substantial areas on the both left bank and right bank. What we talk about to Mosul encloses the ruins of the ancient Assyrian city of Nineveh. So they have the history of this Nineveh, once the largest city in the world on its east side. Largest city in the world once upon a time. When you have cities, what happens is you have plenty to eat, plenty to drink, plenty to whatever you want to do. People go away from God. That's why God was not happy. Go to the next slide. Where is Jonah in the Bible buried? You know, this is historical. Again, you go back to Wikipedia or anywhere in the Google or dictionaries. You know, it says like this. You know, uh, Allah be Yunus Mosque. Yunus Mosque. Yunus Mosque means Jonah's Mosque. Uh, uh, was a historic mosque located in Mosul, Iraq. It contained, it contained a tomb believed to be the one of the, of the biblical prophet Jonah. It's very clearly mentioned biblical prophet Jonah, known as Yunus by Muslims. Why am I sharing all these things? You know, Iraq is now is a Muslim country. That's where, you know, God used all these people. That, that, that's the place we call Middle East. That's where lots of Israelite history uh, happened in the, in the Old Testament. So they believe, I think Jonah must have uh, uh, stayed in, in, in uh, uh, in the place uh, where he preached, and then and then people must have adopted him, the Ninevites, and they must have respected him as the prophet, and he lived his life and he died in 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 the Nineveh itself. Then then we see his tomb today, and there uh, a mosque was built because the local people believed, and the time changed, religions changed, all sorts of things. So whatever it is, but, but there is a, a, an evidence Jonah's tomb was, was there. Right, next slide. Jonah's tomb destroyed in 2014. Located in Mosul, Iraq, Nabi Yunus. It's revered as the tomb of the prophet Jonah. According to the reports in July 2014, 20, Nabi Yunus was deliberately destroyed by the Islamic State. Satellite image collected on 19 July 24 and 13 July 24 confirms the destruction of the shrine. So within their groups there were fightings. We now know those those things now it's all destroyed. If you go to the next slide, that's the that's the that's the picture uh, uh, of uh, destroyed uh, area, the, the mosque, whatever. Uh, so next slide, please. Um, 
I put down a link in the YouTube, but we're not playing. Um, I can send you later. There's a guy who made a very 3D view of uh, Nineveh, how it would have been looked like. It's amazing. We can't, we can't really uh, um, do that one. Right. Right now, let's go to, to the uh, Bible where we left off. We've uh, given all the uh, information uh, of, uh, of the book of Jonah. Now, we, where did we leave? Anybody can tell me. Uh, we've got 15 minutes or 20 minutes we will, we will go through. We went through chapter 1. Verse 7. And then say, they said to one another, Come, let's cast lots, that we may know on whose account this evil has come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Jonah went away from the presence of the Lord, bought a ticket, went into the ship, went downwards, and then made a nice bed, put a pillow under his head, and slept. He is in total in control. Jonah was not somebody who is acting without knowing anything. He's in total control knowing that he is going away from God. Some people say, I don't know, I don't know. Many times we know that we are going away from God. But still he made this choice. And God was not actually punishing Jonah. God was just watching how Jonah's reaction was. But God wanted Nineveh to be saved, so he went, he sent Jonah and uh, he said, okay, you're running away from me. I'm going, to, I'm going to send a storm on this ship. So he did. There was a big storm. The ship was almost being wrecked. Moving around. And they are throwing out all the food stuff uh, uh, in the water so that they think the, the ship would come up because it seems heavy. But they realized, hey, it seems it's not natural storm. We know if it is this, the time of the storm, we know the signs even before. It, after all of a sudden, it seems it's something to do this with the spirituality on God. It's interesting in those days people have that sense it is not quite natural uh, um, calamity. It's something that some God is bringing. In the olden days, they have always have the connection with different gods, and they think you know, if God is doing something, we want to ask God what He wants. That's the way it worked. Then they said, "Okay, uh, let's let's make the, the 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 papers," and then they put the the paper paper slots, and then they cast on the name of Jonah, and they went down. Tell us. Tell us, who are you? What is your occupation? 
And where do you come from? What is your country? And what people are you? So many questions these people in the ship asking Jonah. And he said to them, I am a Hebrew and I fear the Lord. Chapter 1, verses 9. I am a Hebrew and I fear the Lord. Whoa, Hebrew. Who made this heaven, who made the sea and dry land? Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, What is this that you have done for the men? Know that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told him. He said, I'm running away from God. Which God are you running away from? I'm running away from God who made the sea and who made the land. Oh. In those days, each God's people believe different, different gods have different, different you know, backgrounds. And for them, oh, you're running away from God who made the seas? That's why God of sea is angry and now this trouble coming upon us. Why are you running away from your God, mate? That is not really good. And you're making trouble in our lives too. God had to use the Gentile people to speak to a pious, very good Hebrew prophet. God was using those Gentile people who don't know God. Sometimes in our lives, now God uses different, different people to tell you off that we are doing something we should not be doing. And he said, well, I'm, I'm going there, so I, I don't want to, I just don't, I just want to run away from God. He said to them, pick me up, verse 12, and hurl me into the sea, then the sea will quiet down for you. Ooh. Jonah knew how to stop this storm. He knew the storm has come upon because of him. How many times we know that the storm comes because of us? How many times when we are in the, in the, the family in a big storm, you know, a big storm, fighting, words, and you, you know, who is the reason? It's you. And you know, you triggered the storm in the family, and you know how to stop it. But sometimes we become so stubborn. This guy decided, he could have said, Jonah could have said, okay, turn the ship around and the storm will stop. Turn the ship towards Nineveh and the storm will stop. Or go back to the same bank, same Joppa, and, and drop me there, and you go home go to the place, uh, Tarshish, the storm will stop. Nothing will happen. What he decided, he decided to die. Jonah didn't know that there is going to be a fish and he will be alive. He actually wanted to die rather than preaching the gospel to Nineveh. Why? He knew Ninevites are terrible. They must be, they must come under the wrath <coughs> of God. Even if it takes the death of me, I'm going to die. Because human beings does not have that love as much as God would have for a human being. 
We hate people. We don't like people. We only love people whom we know better. We love people, you know, who, who you think are good. Your friends. What about the person we never knew? Whatever the person you think is, uh, whatever the, the brand we, we give. No, we want to love everybody because God loves each and every human being. Why? Because everybody is made in his own image. We can't just say, oh, that guy is bad. Oh, that girl is bad. You can't just say, because he is in the image of God. But why they behave in such a way is if they are influenced by the evil and we got to help them. That's all that we should be doing. This guy decided to uh, die and he says, throw me down there. What they did? Therefore, they said, they called out to the Lord, O Lord, let's not perish for this man's life. And lay not us on innocent blood, for you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. They're saying, we're doing whatever he says, he thinks this is right, we're doing, it's not on our hands. So they picked up Jonah and hurled him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. They put him in the water, that's it. The man feared the Lord exceedingly. And they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. The first chapter. We're talking about Jonah's commission. God commissioned Jonah. Jonah flew away. And the pursuit of Jonah was not good, opposite direction, and, and God preserved Jonah. Jonah was trying, trying to die. God said, I am not letting you die because I have chosen you. You are my servant. I want to make you alive. I want to teach you a lesson. I want to show you how much I love all the people. Chapter 2. Verses 1. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord. If you want to put that nice slide, please. Pray to the Lord. Is God from belly of the fish? Saying, I called out to the Lord out of my whispers, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol, I cried, and you heard my voice. You know what the Sheol means? The hell. I called out of the darkness, I called out from hell. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas. Huh? Who casted Jonah? Did God? You know what I blame? Many times what happens is, we blame God. Oh, you did this. You did God. You did God. You threw me out. You, you didn't give me money. You didn't give me job. You didn't give me house. You're doing, why are you doing this thing to me, God? And God says, I have never done to you all these things. You yourself put yourself into trouble and you're calling me. And he thinks he's actually in the hell because Jonah didn't know it was the belly of the fish. 
Jonah thinks, he looked around and thinks, hey, it looks dark, there is no light in here. What which room am I in? Oh, I must have died and gone back to this hell because I disobeyed God, so I was sent to hell. So this is the Lord, I'm calling out from hell. And lots of you no know, fish, fish eating so many things, the water coming up, you know, tons and tons, gallons and gallons of water walking, coming into the fish and washing him out. All, all sorts of things happening. Do you know, uh, in America there's a, 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 a scientist who was, uh, who was um, uh, uh, caught up, swallowed, eaten by a fish, big fish. Do you know, there, there's a story in this. And then, uh, um, and he, he was missing. After second day, they saw on, on the shores, uh, there's a big fish uh, on the shore water, and uh, uh, nearly died, he, he couldn't swim. So the, the fishermen, they, they went and cut the belly of the fish, they found this scientist. <laughs> and uh, they found him totally changed person, and uh, thankfully he was alive. And uh, but he lost his eyes, his sight. Now he couldn't see for all life because of the chemicals that the fish in the fish was there. And uh, it was said in, in the in the book where place where I read, it was said he used to go around and share his testimony. He was called the uh, 20th century Jonah, and he used to share. I was there in the belly, you know, whatever. Uh, that is the one other thing. That means you you can you can go into the belly of the fish and live. You know, but it's not easy. But God made it, made him alive. It, it may not be possible as a human being, but God's presence was there. You know, you cast me out, Lord. Oh no, no. He, he says then. I said, I am driven away from your sight. For verses four. Yet I shall gain look upon your holy temple. He's praying, Lord, I went away from you, but I want to have a look on to the temple. Which means he's telling, I want to go to Jerusalem again. He was praying a prayer of repentance. An intense prayer. He became a helpless person. You know, he's saying, oh, verses 5, the waters closed in over me. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped around my head at the roots of the mountains. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. He was, he was actually describing whatever he understands the place was. He was thinking, there is no way that I would come out. It seems that I am in hell. Would you please rescue me? So he was praying in his helplessness. He was praying, you know, with, with a humble heart. And he thinks the prayer went to the Holy Temple. Those who pray regards to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. He started to make a oh, vows. He's saying, if you deliver me, I will give you this. If you deliver me, I will know. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And the Lord spoke to fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. Second chapter talks about calling out 
to God when we are in helplessness. When we are in helpless status, only the person we can go and talk to is God. Even if you think you went away from God, even if you think you are doing something that God would not appreciate, when you call out upon Him, He will answer. He is asking people, you know, I am the God who listens to prayers. He's looking for the prayers of righteous. He's looking for people to call out upon his name and say, Lord, we love you. We want to follow you. The fact is, even if Jonah was not praying, God would have ordered the fish to swim it up because God was after Jonah, looking out for him. Even if we think we are not humbling, we need to understand God himself is looking after you. He is caring for you, not knowing the, the, that you, you, you actually rebel. You know, you probably not knowing how, how God is treating you, how God is helping you. You probably don't know, you may not be aware of it, but I want you to know today, each and every one of us cared by God, and God is after you. God knows what you're doing, God knows where you're going, God knows your thoughts, God knows what is your next step, God knows what, what I will do next minute. You know, He's aware of it, and He wants to see you change, He wants to see us humble in ourselves, and He wants you to come to God all the time. His message is this, I love you, why you run away from me? I love you, why don't you make your time to talk to me? How many minutes we pray every day? How many minutes we talk to God actually? If you have a friend you love, you wouldn't, you wouldn't just keep quiet, you would call them and you would talk to them, you would have coffee or meals with them. If you love God, if you know God loves you, how many times we talk to God a day? How many praises we speak out? How many times we read our Bible actually in a day? That's how we talk to God. How many times you sit still and say, Lord, speak to me. I want to hear you. And God called Samuel. In his young age, the priest Eli was still thinking, Father, did you call me? No, no, son, no. Go and sleep. And he comes and says, I hear some, somebody called me, my name. Did you call me? No, go and sleep. If he calls you again, tell him, I'm here, Lord, your servant, listening to you, speak to me. Listen to him because he wants to talk to you. Samuel don't know that God wants to talk to him. We don't know God wants to talk to us. You never know actually. We think we just pray and go. Hallelujah, Amen, Lord, give me that, give me that, bless me, give me that thing, give me a good job. Amen, hallelujah, go. 
the next Sunday we come and we say, Lord, thank you for this health, wealth, everything. Okay, thank you. You know, you keep talking, talking, too much talking. And God says, shut up, let me talk to you. You know, listen, open your ears and listen to me. There is something always going on around you. Somebody is behind you. I, I want to tell you, I want to lead you to the right places, to the great pastures. I want to lead you to the, I want to lead you to the, to the blessings. I want to lead you to the sound health. I want to lead you to the best place, best church, best worship. You know, the, the best, the best way you should be living. I want to talk to you. Why don't you open your ears and, and listen to me? We say too many thousand things, my friends. This is a skill. Listen to God. Even Jonah he was not listening to God. He was only talking, 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 talking. God says, no, stop talking. You, you fish, vomit him out. Let, let him dry him up. I know you. We, now God knows you. God knows you. Seriously, God knows your name. God knows your house. God knows your, your post book. God knows your job. God knows when you go through mentally your troubles and you think inside your brain, well, I'm not even talking to my husband. I'm not even talking to my wife about this. No, this, is, this is something confidential. No, I, let me go through it. I don't want to bother others. No, when you have those things, God says, you know, why don't you tell me? I, I am here to listen to you. I'm here to listen to you. Shall we close our eyes? Jonah was in the state of helplessness. Are we state of helplessness. Are we feeling, Lord, I need your help. I need someone's help. Would you please arrange that help? Ask God. Prayer is the heartbeat of Christians, my friends. If you are a Christian, I'm not praying. Your heartbeat is not quite right. In this part of the world, prayer is not much encouraged. Prayer is something that Christians should be focusing on. Kneeling down, lifting hands, you know, bowing down in the presence of God, at home or in the church, whatever it is. Shouting out, out loud prayers. Lord, Jonah didn't pray within his heart because he was troubled. He probably was shouting in the belly of fish. Shouting as much as he can shout so that somebody can hear because he was in trouble. We shout to the Lord, asking God, Lord, I'm in trouble. Would you please? The prayer, prayer, prayer. Are you in trouble? Answer is prayer, prayer, prayer. Are you in joy? Answer is prayer, prayer, prayer. Prayer of repentance. Lord, I don't believe I am right all the time. Lord, 
I am actually you know, coming to you with repentance. My thinking is not good. My looking, the way I look, the way I behave, the way I walk might not be right. Make me right. Prayer of repentance. And God will deliver us. God will deliver us. God will deliver us. Jonah was very stubborn. Very decided. Are you somebody who decided, well, God is a thing or an imaginable thing? We know it, but we just do it because we've got to do it. No. Are you stubborn? God says, My son, I am the living God. You're not worshipping a rock, you're worshipping a living God. Talk to me. You will see the answer. Listen to me, what I speak to you. Give that pause. When you sleep, ask God, Lord, I'm going to sleep. Talk to me. I want to listen to you. When you pray, ask God. Lord, thank you, Lord, for this day again that we can talk about Jonah. We can talk about his mistakes. We can talk about his Genuity, we can talk about the way he went. We also talk about your love, your restoration, your, your, your plan. You knew that this guy would jump into the water, he would be thrown into the water. And you knew exactly the second that without him dying, you prepared a place. Lord, you are such an amazing God who knows the timing. This is the time for us. Lord, protect us, Lord. Our church members, we will watch this, this video or audio online. Lord, we pray. We would come to you, we would know you, we would acknowledge you, we would surrender to you, we would just obey you. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Shall we stand?